This is the IDP After Show. Welcome back to Johnny the Greek's Cornerback Corner. This is the audio edition for week 12. How's everybody doing? I hope everyone had a good week 11. We got plenty of news, plenty of notes to cover. We're getting to the home stretch. Playoffs is getting close. Starting to lock up those playoff buys and entries and starting to get in there. We're getting close to the end here. Got to get locked in. We're going to help you do that for week 12 here. Let's start with a little transparency for week 11 first, and then we'll move on to the best cornerback streaming matchups and options for week 12. I just want to apologize in advance, fighting a little bit of a cold here this week. My throat is shredded. Josh, especially. This is going to be brutal to edit. So thank you, buddy. All right, let's get into it, though. Last week, I had 76 calls originally in the written edition, the written article. Of those calls, those starts, uh, 13 were either injured during play or inactive. The vast majority were injured during play. There weren't a ton of uh, inactives I didn't know about last week. So just a brutal week for cornerback injuries. So with that in mind, that traps us down to 63 adjusted calls last week in the written article for week 11. I was 82% accurate on those calls. I am 80% accurate for the season on the written article. 47% of all correct calls have been massive hits, which is when they double, triple, quadruple, or more their projection. So numbers are looking real good. We bounced back real good after 74% the week prior. We're back up to 80 this last week so looking good uh let's look at some of the transparency from the audio edition last week guys that i said may end up being cornerback ones or twos for the week include tyreek stevenson who tripled his projection nate hobbs who doubled his projection devin witherspoon who tripled his projection legerius knee who actually got past his ridiculously bloated overinflated unrealistic projection he did manage to surpass it this past week with three combined tackles and interception and two pass defense that's rare this season these sites have just gone crazy with his and jerry jacobs projections to the point where you know i I can't even count a good week anymore because these guys didn't beat their projection that's 20 points or something but he did last week so that was a nice exception to the rule trent mcduffie quadrupled his projection last week so that was a slam dunk And Kyler Gordon doubled his projection. So we were 100% for the cornerback one and two calls last week on the audio edition. Let's look at some of the dart throws from last week. So Brandon Stevens was under projection. Uh, That was pretty unfortunate. I think that mostly had to do with the Joe Burrow injury. Yeah, I, I think that mostly had to do with the Joe Burrow injury. The passing offense pretty much went out the window after he got hurt in the first quarter of that Thursday night game last week. So that it is what it is. That stinks, though. Carrington Valentine Packers quadrupled his projection. Dante Jackson went past his projection. Jalen Johnson went past his projection. Jair Alexander was inactive. Marco Wilson passed his projection. Marcus Peters passed his projection. DJ Reed tripled his projection. And Darius Slay doubled his projection. So last week, audio recommendations, 13 out of 15 were correct. Eight out of that total of 15 were massive hits. One was inactive with Jair Alexander, so you had plenty of warning on that. 
and one was an act of God with Brandon Stevens and Joe Burrow getting hurt. So all things considered, I think we did pretty good last week across the board. So let's move on to week 12, uh, and let's start with some of the best matchups for week 12, uh, in, in my humble opinion. Uh, so first one I want to talk about is Jaguars at Texans. This is an indoor matchup, which is good because it is November 21st when I'm recording this. It is definitely cold outside. Snow has been in the forecast for some of the surrounding states where I live. So these indoor games are going to be more and more important as the winter continues here. So Jags at Texans, 45 and a half point over under, which is nice. That's a good amount of implied offense right there. The Jaguars passing attack is middle of the pack, both in terms of overall ranking and wide receiver targets. But we know they can throw the ball if they need to. And they've obviously got very talented pass catching options. So we're looking good on that side. On the other side, the Texans are now the second best passing attack in the entire league with a rookie quarterback at the helm, which is absolutely insane. They are 13th overall for wide receiver targets. Excellent setup. This has all the makings of a good back and forth affair, which typically is exactly what we want when it comes to good cornerback streaming setups. All right, next best matchup for week 12, Bills at Eagles. You guys don't need me to tell you, this one looks great. So this has got a 47 and a half point over under. It is outdoors. And we did see on the Monday night game last week with uh, Philly and KC that rain and wind and cold can impact offensive production a decent amount, right? Like that, that was supposed to be a 51 point over under last week. And we got what, just over 40 points combined out of that game. Not even, what was it? 21, 17. Yeah. So weather can be a factor. So keep an eye on that. But 47 and a half point over under for Bills at Eagles. We've got two top 10 passing offenses, two teams that are within the top 10 or close to it for wide receiver targets. So excellent setup right there. And then we've got a bunch of good one-sided matchups for week 12 as well, including Packers-Lions. So obviously the Packers side of this looks real good. The Lions are the fourth best passing attack in the league. They also have the fourth best time of possession ranking in the league, which means odds are good that the Packers IDPs and cornerbacks specifically are going to get extra defensive snaps. And that's always a good thing. Availability is the best ability. If you're on the field, you can score IDP points. So that's a good factor. The Lions are only middle of the pack for wide receiver targets, but I think that time of possession ranking makes up for that a little bit. And it's an indoor affair in Detroit on Thanksgiving, the Lions are going to show up. I, I think they are probably just going to beat the living hell out of the Packers on national TV on Thursdays. I definitely want as much Packers IDP as I can get my hands on this week, cornerbacks especially. I also like the commander side of Cowboys commanders. So Dallas is third in the league for time of possession ranking, which means we should see some extra defensive snaps for Washington. The Cowboys have improved to now the sixth overall best passing attack in the league. Dak has absolutely been on fire the last month or so. And they've improved to 11th overall for wide receiver targets. So the Cowboys have seemingly just given up on the run game and just pass. And it's working out now. It's working out against these inferior opponents. The second they play someone real, they're going to get the living crap kicked out of them. But that's tradition. That is how we do things as Cowboys and Cowboys fans. So it is what it is, and we'll use it to our advantage for now. Uh, good setup this week for Kendall Fuller, Benjamin St. Just, and company. 
I also like the Jets side of Dolphins Jets. Do be careful. This is a Friday game at 3 p.m. Eastern. There are absolutely people in your leagues that are not going to know that or miss it. And if there are any key inactives in this game, that I'd bet you anything that you're going to know, guys, that, that screw the pooch on that and forget that's a Friday 3 p.m. game and end up eating a zero because they didn't check inactives on a Friday. So don't let that be you. But I digress. Back to the matchup here. So Dolphins, Jets, Miami is the best passing attack in the league. They are within the top 10 for wide receiver targets. This is a beautiful setup for DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner. We should absolutely take advantage this week. I also like the Raiders side of Chiefs Raiders. I think the Chiefs wide receiver core in general bounces back a little bit this week against an inferior opponent in a divisional matchup. They were embarrassed on national television on that Monday night game. Marquez Valdez-Scantling dropping that wide open touchdown amongst other shenanigans, right? The Chiefs wide receivers have been the butt of many jokes this season. The Chiefs, with all that being said, the Chiefs are still the fifth best passing offense in the league, and they're still within the top third of the league for wide receiver targets. And this game is indoors in uh, Las Vegas with a pretty high over-under. I think it's 45 or 46 and a half points, if I recall correctly. So great setup for Nate Hobbs and Marcus Peters against the Chiefs passing attack that's going to want to correct the mistakes we saw against the Eagles last week. Some of the worst matchups for Week 12 include Steelers at Bengals. So we've got only 36.5 points for the over-under. That is very low. Not even 20 points a team for an NFL game with professional athletes. That's not good. The Steelers' passing attack, it, as well as their wide receiver targets ranking, are both within the worst third of the league. The Bengals are starting a rookie quarterback in his first ever NFL start outdoors in late November in a divisional game against the Steelers defense that should be completely healthy. Minka should be back too. So they just got Cameron Hayward back. Minka Fitzpatrick's coming back. TJ Watt hasn't had his traditional pinky toe IR injury that occurs every year. So he's still playing. Highsmith is there. This is a healthy, scary Steelers defense, and this Bengals rookie quarterback is not going to have a good time. Plus, we know Kenny Pickett's just horrendous as well. So I, I do think this will be a lower-scoring, boring defensive affair of a game. That's not what we look for cornerback streaming, so I am avoiding Steelers-Bengals, and so should you. Uh, I'm also avoiding Patriots-Giants. This is also outdoors, just like uh, Steelers-Bengals in New York. So that's not great. Four and a half points for the over-under. That may be the lowest I've seen all year. That's really bad. That is really bad. The Patriots are the 22nd passing attack, 22nd ranked passing attack in the league. We don't even know who's starting at quarterback for them at this point in the week. It's Tuesday as I record this. I have no idea who's starting at quarterback for the Patriots this week. That ain't good. And, and the Giants will be starting likely Tommy DeVito, who was better last week, but the Giants are still the worst, 32nd ranked passing attack in the league. And they only target their wide receivers 16th most. So not good. Vegas is all over this with the 34 and a half point spread over under. So they know it's going to be terrible and they're trying to let us know. So I am steering clear of that one. I'm also staying away from Browns at Broncos. This has a 36.5 point over under. This is also outdoors in Denver, a mile high. 
This is the 25th and 28th overall passing attacks, respectively. They are both within the worst third of the league for wide receiver targets. Denver is actually 30th in the league for uh, wide receiver targets. Essentially, if it's not Cortland Sutton, the wide receiver is not getting a target. It's that simple. So Denver has been a lot better lately, but they're winning with defense and they're winning with their run game and play action. They have not become the 1999 Rams all of a sudden. So I, I am absolutely on board with Vegas when they say lower scoring, defensive struggle, 36 and a half point over under. I agree completely. This is not a matchup we want to target for uh, cornerback streaming. And last but not least, for worst matchups week 12, we've got Panthers-Titans. This is also outdoors. It's got a slightly better 37 and a half point over under, but that is still absolutely horrendous. Uh, the Panthers are the 27th worst passing attack in the league. They do target their wide receivers, the ninth most in the league. So that's a bit of a positive factor for our Titans options, but still not great. While the Titans themselves are the 26th overall passing attack and target their wide receivers 28th overall, which is clearly not good. So yeah, n not a lot of good factors in that one. And those four matchups in particular are all under 40 points for the over-under, which I don't think I've seen this many horrendous matchups in one week this season. So not great. I am avoiding all of those. All right, let's pick it back up here with some likely cornerback one and two options for this week. Guys that I think have the best chance to have a really good week for you include Benjamin St. Juiced. So we are through week 11, and Benjamin St. Juice has still not been under projection even once this entire season in any of the leagues where I've seen him. So just on a spectacular consistency streak, hot streak, whatever you want to call it, he's been excellent. And he's going up against Dallas in their sixth overall passing attack that targets their wide receivers 11th most in the league and has a top three time of possession ranking, which will likely lead to some extra defensive snaps for St. Juice. So he's he, Benjamin St. Juice in a beautiful setup this week. I also DJ Reed as a cornerback one or two up against the best passing attack in the league with Miami. That is also top 10 for wide receiver targets. That should be enough said right there. Nate Hobbs, we start Nate Hobbs regardless, but starting Nate Hobbs against the fifth best passing attack in the league that's within the top third for wide receiver targets is extra excellent. So really good setup for the second week in a row for Nate Hobbs. He should be a slam dunk again this week. I also like Razul Douglas up against Philadelphia. So Philly is a top 10 passing offense. If not, they're just outside the top 10. They've floated around the 10-11 mark all season. And they are also in or just outside of the top 10 for wide receiver targets. Razul has been excellent wherever he's been. Green Bay, Buffalo, etc. He should be in for a huge week this week. I like him. And then on the other side of that matchup, Darius Slay up against the Bills. Bills are also a top 10 passing offense. I believe they're sixth overall. They are also top 10 for wide receiver targets. They were like fifth or fourth last week. So great setup for Darius Slay. And my last kind of favorite cornerback one or two for this week would be Tyreek Stevenson, Monday Night Football, up against the Vikings and their third overall best passing attack in the league that is within the top third for targeting their wide receivers. And this passing offense hasn't really gone backwards at all with Josh Dobbs there, which is shocking to me, completely shocking. 
but uh, we'll take it. It's a great setup for Tyreek Stevenson and company on Monday Night Football. I believe it's an indoor game in Minnesota as well. Have to double check that. But those are some guys that I think have a really good shot to be cornerbacks one or two this week. All right, let's look at some dart throws for week 12. So I like Carrington Valentine Packers up against the Lions and their fourth overall in the league passing attack. As mentioned previously, the Lions are only middle of the pack for wide receiver targets, but they are a top four time of possession ranking, which means likely extra snaps, extra defensive snaps for our Green Bay IDPs, and that is worth its weight in gold. Also, if Jair Alexander is able to come back this week, Carrington Valentine would benefit from the lesser of all evils effect. As the newest guy out there, as the least experienced cornerback out there, he is the most likely to be picked on and targeted, which would lead to extra production for him as well. A lot of positive factors going in Carrington Valentine's favor this week. I also like Darius Williams of the Jaguars to get back on a new hot streak against the Houston Texans in their second best in the league passing attack. They are 13th overall in terms of wide receiver targets. Stroud has been red hot. Get plowed for Stroud, right? That's that's why that was a thing. He is the real deal. So Darius Williams should be in a great setup against C.J. Stroud this week. I like Kenny Moore. Any week that he's alive and playing football, he is only up against a mediocre Tampa Bay passing attack that's also middle of the pack for wide receiver targets. But who cares? Doesn't matter. If Kenny Moore is playing football, we play Kenny Moore. It's that simple. He should be fine. I also like Kyler Gordon up against the Vikings in their third overall passing attack. They're also within the top third of the league for wide receiver targets. Kyler Gordon has been on a little mini hot streak of his own lately. I'm going back to the well. I may be crazy, but I'm going to say it again. Brandon Stevens last week felt like a fluke with Joe Burrow going down in the uh, first quarter. That kind of screwed things up. I don't think the Bengals completed many passes after that first quarter. I'd have to go back and look, but I doubt there was much production in, in the passing game after that injury in the first quarter. So Braden Stevens is in a similar setup this week against the Chargers in their eighth overall passing attack. They're fifth in the league for wide receiver targets. Brandon Stevens is probably the only guy that's going to play corner at 100% of snaps for the Ravens this week. And as I've talked about previously, he does have a safety designation in some places, so you may not even be able to use him. But if he's designated a corner in your League of Merit, I do like his chances to have a good week in Week 12. I also like Teron Johnson if he's able, <clears throat> excuse me, if he's able to play. Uh, he would have to pass concussion protocol, but if he can, he would be up against the Eagles in their top 10 passing attack that is just outside the top 10 for wide receiver targets. And then my final dart throw for week 12 would be Marcus Peters up against the Chiefs in their fifth overall passing attack and top third of the league for wide receiver targets ranking. Uh, so those are the dart throws and likely cornerback ones and twos for week 12. Let's move on to some bad ideas that may seem good for this week. All right, picking it back up with bad ideas that might seem good for week 12. Cater Kohu. Cater, I've talked about this previously. So now that Xavier Howard's healthy, now that Jalen Ramsey's healthy, Cater Kohu is the odd man out. He's only seen about 65% of snaps a week. He's been somewhat demoted to third cornerback. So he's losing snaps to begin with. He's up against the Jets, who have yet another backup quarterback coming in. 
I know Caterco has been great all season. I don't think he's had more than one or two like real bad weeks, but this ain't it, right? The only way he he could get to his projection this week is through splash plays, and it's hard enough to get a splash play. It's hard enough to get an interception. It's hard enough to force a fumble or get a sack as a cornerback, right? It's even harder when a third of your snaps disappear off the face of the planet because Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard are both healthy. So Cater Kohu was not in a great position to begin with against the Jets. Losing the playing time on top of that really backs him into a corner, so I would stay away from him this week if possible. Also, Paulson Adebo and Alante Taylor should both see. Adebo plays 100% of snaps. He will play 100% of snaps. Taylor may see a bump in playing time with Marshawn Lattimore very likely inactive this week, but it's not against Taylor Heineke. It's Desmond Ritter that's coming back to start for the Falcons this week. And we know he is absolutely terrible. He is just an incredibly bad quarterback. The Falcons are among the worst third of the league for overall passing offense, and they are dead last in the league for wide receiver targets. So it's going to be an uphill battle in a very difficult thing to achieve for Adebo and Alante Taylor to have a good week in a situation like that. The, it, there are some positive factors. It's indoors. Ritter makes mistakes, so it's possible he could throw a pick to Taylor or Adebo, but we never want to bet on that stuff. Those things don't happen every week. They're fluky plays. We bet on tackles. We bet on pass defense because we can somewhat predict when those things are going to happen if certain factors fall into place. And those factors are not in place this week for the Saints up against the Falcons. So just wanted to say it out loud. All right, and we'll get out of here on this. Let's move on to miscellaneous notes for week 12. Once again, I've got a decent amount, so I will accelerate the light speed. First things first, so Michael Davis, Chargers cornerback, flip-flopped again. He was back. He earned his job back. He played 100% of snaps last week up against the Packers. He was benched the week before that and he's now back in. This is the second time we've seen this se- this season. It happened earlier in the year as well. At this point, you just can't trust Michael Davis as a cornerback option. At a random interval, he could get benched again. We just can't have that with fantasy playoffs approaching and with every win really meaning a lot right now and every point really meaning a lot right now. You can't be starting a guy that may eat a zero just because the coaching staff randomly feels like it one week, and we get no advanced warning on it whatsoever. So I would stay the hell away from Michael Davis. That dude is dangerous. Also, I mentioned this previously, but just want to reiterate, Dane Jackson and Teron Johnson on the Bills are both concussed. They both need to pass concussion protocol to play this week, and that ain't likely. What we've seen this season is there, there's been maybe like one exception to the rule, But most people that they get a concussion, most players that get a concussion this year in the NFL miss at least a week, sometimes two. Even if they clear protocol, like that wide receiver on the Vikings, K.J. Osborne. So yeah, so K.J. Osborne cleared concussion protocol within a week, and he still didn't get to play that week. They still, out of an abundance of caution, sat him an extra week and gave him that extra time to heal. So there's no way that Dane Jackson or Teron Johnson is playing this week. I would bet the farm. So Christian Benford is very likely going to see 100% of snaps against Philadelphia. That is a great move in deeper leagues. If you need like a spot start and a really good spot start, Christian Benford is a great one for this week. 
Okay, the Raiders' third cornerback slot is in flux. It was Ja'Cory and Bennett to start the season. It's Tyler Hall right now. We've gone through a couple other guys that no one's heard of in between that point and this one. I would just stay away from it right now. It's pretty crazy. That is tough to say with the Chiefs in town this week because that's a great matchup. So if you do need to do it, I would go Tyler Hall, but it is not set in stone. I would just stay away from it. Over on the Broncos, so Jaquan McMillian, their third corner, only played 64% of snaps last week, which is about normal for him. But he's had an insane hot streak. He's had four out of five or five out of six weeks that have been like 20-point-plus games for the past month and change here. So he's got some good factors going for him. He's not Patrick Sertain, and he's not Fabian Morrow. So he's targeted as the lesser of all evils. He gets picked on a little bit, and he's had some huge weeks because of that. He's got a really good PFF score, too. I just picked him up in all 22. So he's actually a good player as well. So Jaquan McMillian, despite the bad playing time, is still a pretty decent option, but obviously in deeper leagues only where you have to look at stuff like a 64% of snaps corner and really think about it. All right, over in Carolina, so Dante Jackson is the only safe option right now. J.C. Horn did clear IR or come back from IR, but he was inactive last week. C.J. Henderson is hurt. DiCaprio Boodle, I thought it, I legitimately thought his name was DiCaprio Booty the first time I saw it. That's just how my mind works. Got to start last week, and Troy Hill got to start last week. So it's just a giant mess. Dante Jackson is the only safe option right now in Carolina. They don't have that great a matchup this week anyway with the Titans, so we can skip it. But that's something we're keeping an eye on to see if we get some clarity heading into week 13. And then over in Houston, Derek Stingley is up to 100% of snaps. He had an interception last week. He had a massive box score last week. I hope you guys were able to pick him up when I talked about him a couple few weeks ago because he is a spectacular option and will be very helpful for us as we make our way to fantasy playoffs. Over in Jacksonville, Tyson Campbell may be able to play this week. It's pretty risky, so he does have a perfect matchup against the Texans, fourth overall passing attack, 13th in the league for wide receiver targets, but Tyson Campbell was inactive last week after playing only 52% of snaps and being eased back in the week before that, so he's clearly still a little banged up. If he can play this week, it likely won't be at full snaps, so it's a risky option. I don't want to tell you guys what to do one way or the other. If it were me, though, I would just skip it. Despite the great matchup, I would just skip it for this week. As I mentioned previously, Marshawn Lattimore is out at least this week, likely a couple few weeks. Alante Taylor should see a bump, of play, a bump in playing time in the meantime. Isaac Yadam will very likely be the third option that comes in to replace Lattimore, or at least fill some of those snaps that Lattimore was vacating. But we won't know for sure until after this Falcons game. And since the Falcons are such a horrendous matchup, that's fine. We can skip it. We can see how this thing plays out without Lattimore and then use that information for the week after and the weeks following to adjust accordingly. Last couple. So Deron Bland has tied the NFL pick six record. Congrats to him. Awesome player. Awesome Cowboys cornerback. Love that guy. If there was ever a week where he's going to break that record, it might be this week. So the Commanders have the 11th overall passing attack. It's a pretty good passing attack. They're also second in the league for wide receiver targets. They target their wide receivers a ton. And they've got a quarterback who makes mistakes often. 
all the time. Not a good quarterback. Pretty bad quarterback, actually. But he loves to sling it, and Bland could easily take advantage of a mistake and return another one to the house and break that record this week. That is a legit possibility. So great setup for him this week. And then last but not least, just a quick reminder, if Jair Alexander is out, Corey Ballantyne is in. They've got a great matchup, the Packers do, this week against the Lions. Corey Ballantyne last week with Jair Alexander out came in, played 100% of snaps, had five combined tackles and a pass defense. That is a beautiful week of production for a guy that no one knows existed and you could have picked up off waivers all the way until kickoff last Sunday. So another great option this week if Jair Alexander cannot go on Thursday. All right, and that is pretty much it for us. Remember, if you are in the California area to check out the Touchdown Hoedown every Sunday from 1 p.m. to 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time at the Desert 5 spot, this is at 6516 Selma Avenue in Hollywood, California. For details, contact at Lamont at L-A-M-0-N-T-562 on Twitter. All right, that's pretty much it. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving. I hope all your cornerback streams go well. I hope you can lock up those playoffs berths. And the end is near, my friends. We're getting there. It's been another crazy season. But we'll stay locked in, and we'll make sure that we take home those titles. So thank you all for listening. Have a happy Thanksgiving. I'll see you same time, same place next week. Take care. Bye-bye. This was the IDP After Show. <laughs>